0: Welcome to the December 4th. It's Monday here in St. Augustine. It's the Mike Davis Show. I've got a great guest for you. It's a return guest, um, really good friend. And uh, so we we got a lot of fun. I'll introduce him in just a second. Uh, Blake is here with us today. Blake, thanks for fixing all of our technical difficulties and getting us up and running.
1: You're welcome.
0: I think you did a better job than Clay or Amanda possibly could have with the issues that we were facing.
1: No, I I don't think so. (laughs) No they are easy enough to fix.
0: Yep, you did it. Blake, you got us on the air. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. All right, Salomon Services, they're the premier place for personal training in St. Augustine. They have all kinds of uh, youth and adult personal training classes. They've got small group strength and fitness development classes. If you've been injured, they can get you uh, get you to recover quickly back on the quarter of the field in better shape so that you can do a great job when you're, you're competing again. They have a state-of-the-art center with both indoor and outdoor turf area. All of their coaches are certified through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Call and make an appointment today, 904-461-9945, or visit their website, solomonservices.com, and sign up today. Look, you know you're going to have a resolution on January the 1st and says, I'm going to get in better shape. Get a 30-day head start. Just go ahead and start now. Sign up. You know you're going to do that. Why wait? Just go ahead and get started now. You can get ahead. Plus, he has this amazing thing called 12 Days of Christmas, which if you're doing it, it's not so amazing. But it is amazing when you're done with it. So and A. Bear and Associates, they're a full service local CPA firm with a team of skilled professionals. Dedicated to providing top-level service in the areas of tax compliance, planning for businesses, individuals, estates, and trusts. They do audits, reviews, and other accounting services. They can do a business evaluation. They can do forensic analysis and litigation support. You can reach them at 904-460-0747. Or online at abearkresky.com. My guest tonight is Ruben Franklin. Ruben, welcome back.
2: Oh, thank you, Mike, for having me.
0: And and we're both wearing uh, football uniforms. Yours is the hopeful uniform, and mine is the hurt one. Mine is the I we shouldn't have had that happen to us. So yeah.
2: Yeah, that was pretty rough.
0: Uh it was bad. It wasn't, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't very good. So sorry, Blake. I was trying to get up on all the comments. Hey, Bobby. Um, yeah, it was rough. Uh, I kind of thought about it, though. There was a comment that the ACC and the Pac-12 held up the 12-team playoff by a year. And had they not done that, the FSU would be in there. And I'm like, look, based on the fact of what's happened in the last year and the SEC has become the most dominant conference, there was no way that the NCAA was going to tell them, oh, we know you guys are going to have the most dominant conference for the next five to ten years. Sure, It's going to leave both of your teams out, right? There was no way they were going to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, And I'm not sure if Jordan Travis was healthy, they still would have done that. Travis is the excuse, but I don't think it would have changed one uh, way or the other.
2: Well, as a Gator fan, I, I uh, feel bad for all the Seminole fans out there. I think uh, you guys should have been able to get, got a shot at uh, playing for the championship, so...
0: Well, and I have a, uh, I have a kind of a statement about FSU, right? We got wronged, but we got Georgia, which is a two-time defending national champ. They're not going to get to compete either. If we get the doors blown off of us by Georgia, we had no reason to complain. If we go out there and compete against Georgia or we beat Georgia, then we have every reason to stand up and say, yeah. And and if we beat Georgia, right, then I want either Alabama or Texas to win it because I want us to be the only undefeated team at the end of the year. Because right. I don't think Liberty's going to do well against um, Oregon. I think that's yeah. going to be a yeah. that's going to be an ugly game. <laughs> I think that's going to be just ugly. But yeah, so it should be interesting. Um, you know, next year we'll be talking about the 13th team that got left out. Yeah, which happens in the NCAA tournament every year. Oh my God, there's 68 teams. How could they leave out this team at number rank number 74? So yes. And Bobby, is NC State really in the Pop Tart Bowl? Versus cancer, <laughs> the Pop Tart Bowl. My favorite bowl of all time, the Poulon Weed Eater Bowl. Yeah. It used to be, I think it was in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm not kidding. It was like, yeah, one, you have to go to Shreveport and two, you have to play in the Poulon Weed Eater Bowl, which <laughs> I thought that was just, could you not find another city? So um, you have all kinds of stuff to, to talk to us about. But before you and I talked right before the air, we came on. And one of the big questions before we get into all the stuff you did, you have worked for the city for how long?
2: Uh, I'm going on an 14 years this July.
0: So you, 14 years, you worked under assistant city managers.
2: Yes. Now you are one of those
0: assistant city managers. What's the difference been? And, and what's it been like transitioning? Because for years you reported up to somebody that was there and now they're reporting, everyone's reporting to you.
2: Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. Um, accountability, uh, you know, the decision at the end of the day mm-hmm. lies with, when you're at the top, it lies with you, the buck stops with you, so um, uh, whereas before, you know, as a project engineer, uh, you know, I had layers of uh, uh, directors, bo- a manager, director, boss, so um, but when it bubble, when everything gets up to the assistant city manager, city manager level, you know, those decisions are final and you're accountable for them and um, that's a big deal. I think accountability is important um, and uh, you end up with the uh, decisions that have to be resolved but there's a conflict that's not working out through the normal processes mm-hmm. of the city. So um a lot of times they're not easy, but that's why um, you know, you're in the position. So
0: so do you have more sympathy you feel like because you obviously took decisions up to a, a director level before, right? Or they said and they're like, no Ruben, we're doing it this way. And you're like, I don't think we should do it. Ruben, we're doing it this way. And you went out and you carried out the mission, right? You you had to do that. And now when you send somebody out of your office and you know, they're, you're like, hey, I sympathize with you, but you still got to do it my way.
2: Yeah. And I, funny enough, you know, and that's, I think, what's important of being there for so many years mm-hmm. is I've been in those situations. So a lot of times when we're talking through those issues, I say, look, I've been there. I've done, you know, A, B, and C. And uh, so we have those conversations. Um, but I've also been lucky and fortunate. I've had a, a great uh, bosses along mm-hmm. the way. Uh, John Regan, city manager, and then Tim Birchfield, that's assistant city manager, yep. both were real good to me and um, taught me a lot of uh, great things about how to manage the city. So,
0: yeah, the, those guys both were were really good. Two different styles, yeah. right? Two di- and And uh, I was talking to somebody one time that wanted something out of the city, and they're like, "Well, I'm just gonna gonna bulldoze over Tim Birchfield," and I'm like. I'd advise you not to do that. I'd advise you not to try to do that. I'd advise you not to do that. Uh, you just need to go in there and figure out what the city wants and be nice. Because if you try to, to play, I'm from a big city and you're not, you're going to find out that that's not going to work here. So Tim was the last one you wanted to try that with. He looked at me. I think he tried it anyway. It didn't work. I told yeah. him, don't do it. We didn't end up working for the for the, for the the prospective client. But I was like, no, that's not the, you don't want to do that. I advise you not to do that. So, um, you've got, you brought a presentation. You want to start there and kind of work through, or do you just want to talk about some of the um, the highlights of mobility issues that are that are going on? Where do you want to go first? You've uh, got yeah, so well, much. we got about 12 things here. So which one do you uh, want to talk? Let's
2: tackle? talk about the big uh, issue in front of me this week and the city. Uh, that's the uh, new fire station mm-hmm. and the proposed roundabout. Uh, we have a meeting with the state uh, Friday morning at uh, 9 a.m., the Acquisition Restoration Council, the ARC, mm-hmm. short, uh, and we're going to be asking them to consider uh, de-designating the piece of land right across from the amphitheater, mm-hmm. uh, from conservation, so uh, we can enter a lease agreement to build a new fire station there. Uh, the fire station's needed. Uh, we've outgrown the existing, if anybody knows where the alligator farm is and the curve where you're entering the city and the city sign is, that's our small island fire station was mm-hmm. built in the 1950s by firefighters. Uh,
0: I think it was outdated when I was a kid in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been there for forever. It's tiny. I don't know how you guys function out of it right now.
2: Yes. Uh, and uh, so we take that very seriously. So it's an important topic for us. We need a new fire station on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to build a modern one that can service the needs of the community. Uh, and so... Uh, We have found a site, uh, but it's owned by the state. It's current and part of the state park. So the contentious point there is is, uh, getting rid of conservation land in order to build a fire station. It's not an easy decision. Uh, We didn't come to the decision that, hey, we want to move forward with this easily. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of what uh, this presentation I put together. We've held public meetings um, on it, and um, the, the sites are pretty close to each other. That's important. Yep. Uh, response time. Why is the site important to be close to the existing site? Well, our response times. Uh, the quicker that uh, the fire department can get to you, uh, you know, saves lives. So uh, that's an important aspect of it. Uh, some folks will say, why didn't you go to State Road 312? That's too far out of uh, mm-hmm. the response time. The other great benefit, if you want to go to the next slide, mm-hmm. uh, is this is a, a photo of the floodplain and both sites are out of the floodplain, which is a big deal being on the island. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another important factor. Um, but we were really trying to uh, find a site to build a modern fire station. Uh, and then the other flip side of this is, and this is how I came into the picture uh, when I was mobility manager, was uh, there's been a longstanding uh, the community uh, lighthouse neighborhood and surrounding neighborhoods have been asking for improvements to the Redcocks Road, Old Quarry, mm-hmm. Anastasia Boulevard intersection. And it's on a curve, uh, So we've been going back and forth with FDOT. And finally, um, we sat down with FDOT uh, a few years ago now, and we said, look, everything's on the table. And they said, well, uh, could we use the fire station site? Well, we were looking for a new fire station site anyway. Mm-hmm. So we said, yeah, if we can find a new fire station site, then uh, use that property." and come up with some solutions for the intersection. And so we finally got to a roundabout that the state proposed to the city, uh, which you're looking at uh, now. And um, the roundabout, there's a couple of things that I like. uh, pedestrian And and this is the
0: second version of the roundabout.
2: Yes. So we had a big, during COVID, we did a big um, Mm -hmm. complete street study, and we we daylighted a couple of different versions of this roundabout. And um, one was like a figure eight. Um yeah, it, I didn't like that one. <laughs> none of them got landed very well. Um and so after that feedback this is what um the state came back with. Um and they actually had a double roundabout proposed. Mm-hmm. Um but we scaled it back to just the single roundabout cuz this is really meeting the needs. Um it's making that intersection safer. The thing I really like myself is the pedestrian crossings in all directions here. Mm-hmm. Um I'm a runner and I uh, used to run with my kids and I'd go down old quarry Yep. and I would pray that my wife wasn't coming around the corner as she saw me froggering, froggering across the uh, intersection, uh, you know, pushing the kids. So, what, um, you push the kids across there. I did. Yes. Have. <laughs> I have, I don't think
0: I ever pushed the kids. I used, to, I've ridden my bike across there cause I, I live on park terrace. So I, I access through old Quarry all the time, but on busy days, I, ride through the South Anastasia streets to get to the light at, at, at Matanzas. Yeah. If I'm going into town. Oh, yeah. Because right? it's just, there's no way that I'm going to yeah, try Matanzas to make a left Matanzas is a turn. smart
2: way to access yeah. and cross to connect the neighborhoods. And that's another thing this does. It connects two residential neighborhoods. It connects mm-hmm. popular tourism, uh, you know, the lighthouse and the alligator farm, the boat brand. There's a lot of activity. There's RB hunt uh, with school buses going in and out. Uh, so... The other thing is, is that uh, roundabouts are known to um, have less deadly accidents, uh, yeah. more side. If there is an accident, it's a side mm-hmm. swipe. Um and so those are all the benefits of this. And it's also uh, what we can work with the state, the DOT, to do. You know, yep. it's not a city decision. We're not making a decision in a vacuum. We have to work with other agencies when they're state roads. Um, and so the easy thing that everybody always asks is, why not install a traffic light? Well, a traffic light. Uh, the, uh, we've sat down with FDOT many times, and it's a hard no. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on a curve. Uh, they don't like that the intersection uh, doesn't match up the 90-degree angles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so from a traffic engineering standpoint, that's a, that's a hard no. They're not going to put a traffic light up there.
0: Well, and I'll tell you, as someone who who lives there, right, so coming back into my neighborhood, right, if I'm heading north on on A1A and I, I go to make a left-hand turn at Old Corey. You have cars that are trying to come out, and I mean cars and boats, Mm -hmm. and trucks pulling boats and cars pulling boats out of the the Lighthouse boat ramp that are trying to turn left and go south. You've got cars that are trying to turn on Old Quarry, and then you have cars that are coming south on on A1A that are trying to turn left to go into the Lighthouse uh, Park area and the museum and all of those. And you have the Alligator Farm traffic. There's just a lot of traffic there. Um, I think I sat for two minutes on Saturday Waiting for, for one, traffic to go by, and two, for one of the buses that delivers people to the Lighthouse Museum yeah. to turn so that I could see again. Right? I yeah. mean, you ju- it, there's just a lot going on in that intersection. Um, it, it, it's At times, it's not bad, but during the middle of a day in a heavy tourist season, it, it's a rough intersection. So I like this uh, this design a whole lot better because I felt like the first one that came out that was published was going to be really hard for if you lived in our neighborhood to get in and out of the neighborhood. It yeah. was going to make the end of Old Quarry really difficult to get in and out
2: of. Yeah, and that was during, I think we had like over five thousand respondents mm-hmm. to that because it was during COVID, everybody was at home and we did an online survey and we got a lot of feedback. Yeah. Uh from that. So uh this is contingent upon us finding a new um fire station mm-hmm. loca- location for our new fire station. Um and uh, so, hopefully, this Friday we'll have a decision one way or the other uh, from the state.
0: And you've gotten some pushback from the neighbors. Yes. Um, which has been surprising to me. But what's kind of been their reaction and their biggest complaint about the fire station?
2: Oh, the, the loss of privacy and conservation mm-hmm. land. Um, you know, I'm empathetic. Uh, I try to put myself in people's shoes when mm-hmm. uh, we're making decisions like this. And, uh, for me the overall greater community good is is why we're still pursuing this but from their perspective it's just intrusion into their neighborhood um mm-hmm. and uh, you know they live also across from the amphitheater so there's our, a lot of activity that's going on um that uh, they have to deal with as the amp and the city in general becomes more and more popular
0: well it's uh i'm not across from it but i get the noise from it i get the traffic yeah. from it there's
2: you know um, and noise, concern about the fire station being noisy as yeah, well.
0: And, and I don't. I, I talked to several of the residents. I'm friends with some of the residents in there. I said, "Look, I, I, where I live now, when they fire up the fire station, I hear it, right? Yeah, I'm going to hear it when it's at the other location. I said, I'm sure you guys hear it now, right? Yeah, it's going to be a little bit louder when they leave out of that neighborhood. But the other thing is, you're right next to the fire station. If something happens, you're that much closer to getting served. Well, we're not in the county. I'm like. I will guarantee you if there's a fire a block away, those guys are jumping in there and they're going to go. I said, Do "You." I always get this from people. Well, the the city won't respond in the County and the County will not respond to the city. I said, I, I really honestly think that both the fire department and the police department yes. at the County and the city and the beach are all of the mindset of we're here for public safety. Yes. And if something <laughs> happens right outside of our they have interlocal agreements and they just go help.
2: Yes. Yeah. If, if a house catches fire. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be sitting there in that fire station uh, waiting for the County to get there. We're, we're going to serve uh, the area we do now. Um, But uh, I
0: think that would be like an episode of Reno Nine (laughs) One One, where they're all sitting in the driveway with the parking stations behind them. How long do you think before the County gets here to put that (laughs) fire out? Right. I mean, it's just not the way it, it works here in St. John's County. Everybody gets along and everybody works together in those agencies. So yeah.
2: So yeah, so, um, but so we did do a couple of things. Um, you know, one of the things I would say, if, if I look back, uh, we didn't reach out to the neighborhood, um, mm-hmm. early enough. They, they found out as some of them found out from a reporter knocking on the door. Um, and it is in a weird spot because the site itself is technically inside city limits and the neighborhood's actually in the County, the city line literally boundary runs right around it. So mm-hmm. if I could change that, I would have held a public meeting earlier and in, invited the neighborhood, um, to get them, you know, aware of it so they weren't surprised. Um, but since then we've held public meetings, um, and, uh, what I've told everybody that in the neighborhood who I understand some people are just going to be against it until a decision's made. If it gets made in the city's favor, we're going to work with that neighborhood through the design process. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have meetings and bring them through the 30, 60, 90% mm-hmm. plans. We'll try to incorporate whatever might benefit them. We will try to incorporate, um into the site design and we have done in the couple of slides here, Mm -hmm. you know, we have spent some money up front to kind of show them, this is showing response times in different properties that we looked at. Mm -hmm. Um, Just so we didn't just pick this one property. Yeah. We, we did evaluate properties response times. Is it in a floodplain, not a floodplain acreage is important. We were kind of looking for a two plus acre site. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of that factored in. So when we, how big is that site? Uh, that site itself is, I think it's about a little over three acres,
0: and, and that's surprising, right? Because I look at it and I see it, yeah, but it doesn't. we have
2: it right uh, on the mm-hmm. or two point eight nine acres okay. is the uh, total um, acreage of the site. Now we're only going to use one point five acres mm-hmm. for the actual fire station, but we have spent some preliminary engineering up front to kind of show where the station would be. And really what we're trying to do is we want to keep the natural uh, buffer mm-hmm. to kind of separate the station from the neighborhood. Uh, there's a nice dune uh, ridge through there as well. So we're, we're proposing a retaining wall, try to keep that in place mm-hmm. uh, so we can keep as many trees in place. Uh, ideally, you wouldn't be able to see the station from the residential side because we could keep that natural. And it bumper. looks
0: like you're keeping some of the the landscaping on the on A1A as well, right? You're not just clear cutting that too.
2: Yeah. uh, Now A1A may come into play with a wider sidewalk and some lighting, pedestrian Mm -hmm. lighting. Mm -hmm. Um, Which would be
0: an enhancement to the amphitheater experience as well. Because we were leaving there Saturday night and people were running across the street between the amp and um, the surf station and all dark clothes 10 o'clock at night and you're like that's just the that's the worst idea to to do it that way to exit the amp
2: and an important thing happened uh, while we were going through this process the state actually conducted a um, pedestrian crossing study Mm -hmm. and they they met the warrant to have a pedestrian crossing uh, installed Mm -hmm. uh, right at the amp entrance so as part of our design we would work with the state to install we're going to have to put an emergency signal up Mm -hmm. so we would incorporate the pedestrian crossing. Um, as part of the site design, uh, which would, in my mind, it would actually accelerate um, its timeline instead of getting stuck in the state's five-year mm-hmm. cycle mm-hmm. of funding. We could work with the state and fund it with the development of of the fire station.
0: Well, and I and I think for the most part, um, St. John's County's uh, sheriff's deputies and and the police do a really good job at directing traffic across that. But when it's as dark as it was Saturday night when the concert starts or when the concert I, it I just think it's a danger, right? I just think it's it's, and we've had someone that's lost their life there recently. So, I, I, for me, if nothing else, there needs to be more lights at that temporary crossing where the amp is. If it becomes a permanent one, that'll be a whole lot
2: better. Yeah, the corridor needs light, um, better lighting, and that's what we can do with this site design. Anything we can address, and that's why I mentioned the wider sidewalks and mm-hmm. lighting across the the frontage there.
0: Yeah. So, and I think that's a. That's a really, really good idea.
2: So this is just, well, why did you pick this site? Well, um, we once we evaluated the site, we pulled the state parks management plan and they had it identified as surplus because mm-hmm. it's not contiguous to the state park. Um, and so this is language verbatim from the state parks own approved management plan and um, where it basically says that it, it, it can be used for surplus.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so that's the whole reason we reached out to the state to ask for uh, you know, can we acquire the property? Yeah. Um, if it had not been identified in the plan, we we wouldn't have moved forward with it.
0: And Blake, we're on we were on slide eight. If you want to pull that one up.
1: Uh, sorry, sorry. I, I'm dealing with an echo issue right now. Uh, Bob, Bobby just uh, told me that we're having an echo, so, so I'm trying to work with Clay in the back, but here's uh, slide eight.
0: Thank you very much, Blake. I know we got you busy today. <laughs> you thought you'd come in and just slide in. Ruben and take all the duties today.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's slightly my fault, but— uh, You don't want, it want me is back there. Not, none of this is
0: your fault back there, Blake. We're blaming everyone but you.
1: Oh,
0: That's you. how this works. <laughs> Plus, I don't want Barbara Jean getting mad at me today.
1: But Barbara Jean hasn't been commenting today. I know. I hope she's okay. I hope so as well.
0: All right. um, But now, uh, let's see if I get...
2: So the last component of this is Mm -hmm. um, we're going to be going in front of the ARC. At the ARC meeting, we're on item 11, Mm -hmm. Friday at uh, 9 a.m. So hopefully we'll be heard around 9.45. And um, the last time we went in front of the ARC... um, and this was before I was the assistant city manager, uh, we got, this item got tabled. Uh, They wanted more time to think about it and they had heartburn over losing conservation area on the island Mm -hmm. and we didn't have an answer for that. So now when we're going back, we're we're proposing that the city will buy the inholding, which is um, uh, an inholding of Fish Island Preserve, which Mm -hmm. was bought a few years ago, uh, that we would buy that, donate it to the state, um, it's two and a half acres, mm-hmm. so we've been increasing um, the conservation land by an acre.
0: And that's the, the site if you're going east over the 312 Bridge on the south side, and it, and it's bounded by the intercoastal and where Gate just built the gas station.
2: Yes. Yeah, uh, well, the, yeah, the um,
0: uh, car, wash, car wash. I'm sorry, the car wash, right? So it kind of bounds in there, and then it runs due south, and it looks like it's quite a bit of marshland.
2: Yeah, there's Marchland. That, that's uh, Maritime Hammock, and mm-hmm. uh, the orange piece is primarily uplands. Okay. Um, but it's an inholding, and we had identified as the state park kind of management plan. Our management plan had identified this as an optimum boundary, which means we should be pursuing uh, purchasing it. There's a lot of cultural resources located mm-hmm. on that piece that I think will be valuable to the state. So that's what we're bringing to the table this time around, is uh, that we plan to purchase and then donate uh that piece to the state and then it will become part of fish island preserve which the city manages for the state
0: okay yeah that is um so you'll find out friday i guess you'll get an up down yes no
2: yeah i mean it could go three ways an up down or table for more information Mm -hmm. um or continuance uh so we'll, we'll find out on uh, Friday. Uh, if it is a yes, we'll move forward with developing the site and entering the lease agreement. If it's a no, that puts us back to square one with finding a site for the fire station. Um, but I would say, if we could find a site that we could just buy, buy outread, and develop, we would have already done it. Yep. Um, so it, it kind of, we don't really have that plan E or C. Um, I guess plan D would be to develop uh build a new fire station where it exists even though it may not be ideal.
0: Yeah, well, and I don't know. And then we
2: would lose the roundabout.
0: You lose the roundabout, you lose the ability. How what's the projected construction time on the roundabout?
2: Uh the roundabout would be slated uh it's 2028, 20, 2029, 20, it's Okay. Like I said DOT works in 5-year increments, mm-hmm. so they're waiting for us to say we found a fire station and then we'll get put into their queue. Queue. Yep. So to speak.
0: The queue Uh, uh, we don't want the roundabout but it does seem to be inevitable is Melissa's comment Melissa I live right there I will have to live with this roundabout every single day Um, but what's there now has uh, progressively gotten worse over the last few years because of what I described earlier in the show of just so many different um, angles and and people trying to to leave old quarry People trying to get in and out of the alligator farm people trying to get off of a1a to get into um, uh, the lighthouse museum and then you have people leaving the museum and leaving the the lighthouse boat ramp trying to go south and and it's a
2: really difficult intersection yeah and then a lot of times what you have is people want to avoid the intersection so they end up cutting through their residential neighborhoods um, as it, well
0: it's funny you said that right because uh, when I would play uh, tennis at the lighthouse courts, if it was, uh, if I had to go home to my house, I would go back through that residential neighborhood, come out by the surf station and the entrance to the state park, because then it's a straight shot across the two lanes, and then I can turn and I can see everything as opposed to being stuck there trying to figure out what's the traffic and especially at night mm-hmm. you just don't have as good a visibility so um yeah i, I think that is a is going to be very very interesting i'm assuming you've talked to the alligator farm about it as well and
2: yeah we've talked to there's so many stakeholders and oh yeah uh a lot of my time has been spent meeting with mm-hmm. uh, various stakeholders the neighborhoods yep um the alligator farm the amp sheriff's department uh the neighborhood um, the uh, Madeira neighborhood behind the proposed fire station site. Yeah. Um, so uh, a good amount of time has been put into, um, and that's what really I realized was lacking was a comprehensive mm-hmm. kind of presentation laying out everything we're trying to accomplish. Right, so the um, other, which hopefully I did a decent job. No, I think you did. <laughs> and
0: the other very controversial thing you guys have is the changing the west side of the Bridge of Lions.
2: Yes. So we. um, We had a pretty active public meeting right before Thanksgiving.
0: What was your percentage uh, uh, for it and against it in the public meeting?
2: Oh, it was in the public meeting. It was probably nine, if I'm being gracious, 90% against it, 10% (laughs) for it. Um, So that is the DOT. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So the city entered an agreement with DOT to take back King Street. And part of that was the look at intersection improvements at the base of the bridge. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like I said, just like the roundabout, we can't make decisions in a vacuum. There's a Department of Transportation that we have to work with. And um, this is what they uh, came back with as, as an improvement. Now, it does move traffic. Um, it looks a little, uh, you know, complicated when you look at it. It's similar to May Street. And I think a lot of people um, just don't like the overly complicated way that it, it kind of long gauge traffic as as you move through the intersection there's also the historic preservation aspect of it Uh um you know it modifies the park but the big thing whether you're weighing it uh that you want it or not it's to me it's the queues that build up it cuts queues in all directions almost in half Um,
0: so what other thing that would have cut the queues in half right It's a four-lane bridge. A (laughs) four-lane bridge. All of you that lived in town, all of you historic preservationists that didn't want us on the island to have a four-lane bridge, this is your problem. You caused this. All we needed was one more lane. The number of times that I come west off the island and look at the minimal amount of stacking that's at the light at at, uh, Cathedral and um, uh, Avenida Menendez, right? If there was a lane to bypass that, the majority of that traffic could go north and get out of there. And you people didn't want us to have that. <laughs> so if you're one of those ones who didn't want a four-lane bridge, I don't think you should have any comment in this discussion. Your past judgment is not good.
2: <laughs> so we're in the throes of of figuring out what to do, um, yeah. whether to move forward or not move forward. So that's going to be discussion in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, because really the FDOT is looking for the city to say, yay or nay. Mm -hmm. to move forward with it. And um, so we'll be working on that in the new year. We're not going to do anything now as close to um, the holidays. But um, yeah, we got quite a good attendance uh, online and uh, there was a lot of robust public comments uh, on the topic. And um, I can see both ways. I cross the bridge every day, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to and from work uh, multiple times. And uh, if we don't move forward with these improvements, then it's just, it, it stays I, the status quo and, and uh, well, the, there's worse places to be stuck in traffic than on the bridge so, line. So
0: I'll give you a, a local who goes in the morning coming to work, it's really not that hard. You maybe get caught, because I'm usually over the bridge by 7, 7.30, right? Um, and a couple mornings I've got meetings on the other side, so I use 312. So I kind of get a flavor of both and what the traffic is like. Um, going home at night, though, um, and Nights of Lights completely skews all this up. But more and more I've noticed because of the crosswalks, when I was a kid, you would make the, the turn off of Castillo and you'd, you'd go down um, Avenida Menendez, right? You'd head along the Bayfront. And it was pretty much smooth sailing till you got to the bridge. And then the bridge might be or might not be your holdup, right? Now, you almost always have to stop at at least one of the crosswalks uh, during the summer. If not multiple ones during this time of year at uh, the milltop, right? Um, then there's a crosswalk at the, the river and fort, which has become a very popular restaurant. They've done a phenomenal job, but that's only increased the traffic, uh, going across that, uh, that crosswalk and then the other two along the bayfront. Yeah, and to me, it's like when you get past the second one. Sometimes you're like, "Oh, I'm free." It's not the bridge; it's all of this, and so it's it, it's just an evolving, changing traffic pattern that we didn't have 20 years ago. Those well, crosswalks have really slowed things down.
2: Well, but mobility is all different modes. I, I get it. Of, uh, traffic. So walkers, walkers need to cross the road as well. Pedestrians need to cross the road. And, and I but think 30 it's 30 years, mo- we're going on 30. This is the 30th year of Nights of Lights. Yes. Um, and I remember, I mean, the town used to close up at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Uh, yes. And uh, we're just, we're a product of our own, or victim of our own we're, success, we're, or a or a victim,
0: I, we're a victim of our own success, right? The downtown used to be more of a, a livable area. Um, uh, Barry Fox will tell you how many more bars are down there now than used to be down there. Um, it's much more of a tourist destination with things to do at night. Um, it was not that when I was a kid um, growing up here, um, we would joke, man. That, that you, we rode our bikes all through the downtown at night uh, during the summers. You were hardly ever worried about anybody hitting you because <laughs> yeah. there was no one down there, right? And it, ju- it just wasn't. It just wasn't the case. So you had, uh, if you take the long view at it, in the in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and even the early 70s, there's a lot of commerce and a lot of retail shops for locals down on Saint George yeah. Street. Those businesses went out of business because they couldn't make it down there because locals quit going down there. They were going to Jacksonville to shop or they were going out to the mall that got built. Big um box stores. They, they were going to those locations. They didn't want to deal with what was the traffic back then downtown. <laughs> and so uh, when other businesses and retailers moved in to take advantage of the tourism, it just continued to grow that. I... Hats off to all of these locals that have uh, different venues that are here. I, you know, the Alligator Farm is a is a, a, a vastly improved experience, right? The Fountain of Youth over when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and they were good experiences back then. But you look at what the offerings are now, and, and it's every one of those venues—the Lighthouse, all of them—they really have stepped up their game, which just keeps attracting more people, which is great. Yeah, but it just keeps attracting
2: more people. Yeah, and like I you said, Knights you, of Lights being thirty years old—I don't know if anybody when they created this thought that it was going to be as successful as it is?
0: Uh, I'll tell you what I said. I said, this isn't going to be an abject failure. Why in the world would people come to look at lights on a building? No one wants to come look at lights on a building. I have apologized every year (laughs) for being wrong because it is a huge success. A whole bunch of other things. We do have five questions, which I want to get to today. Um, So two that I want to hit Browdy's Garage Yes. So that passed through the, the city commission about two weeks ago, three weeks ago?
2: Yeah, so we approved, uh, the city commission approved a, a memorandum of understanding that it allows the Browdies team to move into the design and permitting phase of the garage. Mm-hmm. Um, through that, they, you know, uh, we're going to be working over the next 12 months to get this thing um, through the permitting process, and then uh, they'll start construction. Like the MOU gave the city commission um, some off ramps. So there's some check-in dates along the way with construction costs and things, but it's up to a 740 car parking garage uh, right there at US 1 King uh, that we'll run a shuttle out of. uh, So it'll be a different way of accessing town throughout the year and not just when we're running satellite parking right now uh, at the site.
0: Still building a pedestrian crossing over. Yeah, no, that's not
2: part of this MOU, so okay. that will come next. But we have to engage with DOT over okay. the pedestrian bridge.
0: Okay, because I look at that as as being one of the key components of it, right? Yeah. That, that's a. I don't want to say it's a it's a dangerous intersection because we don't have that much. You have some vehicular, you have some uh, pedestrian, and some bicycles on it now on a regular basis, but you're going to really increase that. Yeah.
2: Anytime you have forty thousand cars, yeah. uh, it just mm-hmm. doesn't make it. Uh, uh, safe or comfortable for pedestrians crossing the
0: road. I, I and and I have no interest in 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 building or anything. I've worked for for Barry Browdy. I think he's a wonderful person. I think it's a, a a great idea of somebody who's been in the community and family been here for a while that that helps uh, his development over there, but it helps the city as well. And if you lose that, we can't go back and get it. Yeah. Right? It's like a four lane bridge. <laughs> we can't go back and get it we just can't so I, I think that it, it's one of those rare opportunities that you you get to do a whole lot of right things coming out of it at the same time so I, I know that it's not a normal uh, negotiation for the city mm-hmm. um, but I applaud the city for for having done that
2: yeah it's a big deal um, yep. and it's going to add uh, much needed inventory to mm-hmm. parking and it's part of the mobility plan so yep. we adopted a plan and we're moving forward with implementing the different pieces of it so hey
1: all right uh real quick Come on let me turn myself up a bit There mm-hmm. we go all right good all right uh ruben uh so i have a question about next year's nihilites because next year uh king the king street bridge will be closed so what's going to be the city's response to a increased tracker flow on on malga and, and other and, and the next streets like after king street like
2: going to downtown Has- you, good question um I think that was on our list of things. To it is talk on the about. list.
0: Blake has a vested interest <laughs> because he is in that traffic. His house currently is downtown.
2: So, tentatively starting uh, this summer, summer 2024, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be reconstructing. DOT will be reconstructing the bridge across uh, the San Sebastian River on King Street. So, the small bridge, when you turn off of US Swan, they have to rebuild that. It's old, it needs to be rebuilt. Uh, The only way they can do that is to close down the bridge. Uh, So there's no traffic, temporary traffic where they can allow it on the bridge while they're rebuilding it. Um, Two reasons. One, uh, we want them to build it as quickly as possible. Uh, And then the other one is they just don't have room Mm -hmm. there. Uh, So what they're going to do is they're going to divert traffic down Malaga street. So they're going to actually turn Malaga and us one into a signalized intersection. Um, And so then traffic, If you're going to make a right, if you were heading north and make a right uh, on King Street, uh, you'll just go to Malaga Street and make a right. Mm -hmm. Um, There's concerns from the neighborhood about increased cut-through traffic. um, And uh, it's not going to be the best, but we'll still run shuttles from the Browdy site. Uh, We'll just take it US-1 and drop off at the Vic uh, like we do now. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, the bridge has to be rebuilt, so... Uh, I don't see an easy way around around it.
0: I have a vested interest in that one. Uh, we start uh, the west side of the college renovation on Ponce Hall the same time they start the bridge. So all of our deliveries and all of our trucks have to come in and out of Malaga rather than up and down King Street. And that is not going to be, I mean, yeah, we've talked about that and and our timeline is about 18 months, 15 to 18 months. and I think the bridge is about 12 to 15 months. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's not going to be I, it, It's just going to be very difficult to get in and out Of the city, and I think it'll put more Pressure on Castillo, I think you'll see more People going in and out that way, or going all The way down San Marco, yes, I mean The locals will figure it out, it's just When we have heavy tourist weekends, it's going to be Really, really interesting, yes,
2: yeah, I think The, the peak season's going to be pretty rough um, Day-to-day, your morning, I don't Think it's going to be that bad to mm-hmm. use Malaga Street, um, like I said, for the residents that live in Feigler Modeland, Model Land, they're their concerns are with cut-through traffic, so we'll monitor that. Uh, but again, it's a small, old city, and construction, as you know, construction is uh, difficult.
0: Yeah, and well, uh, you, you you have to overcome uh, the layout of the city. You have to overcome some things to be able to get things done. And yeah, it, it's not it's not easy to do a project of that size and scope, right? Another one kind of on the, the heels of that is you guys still have got to do uh, work to upgrade and renovate King Street. That's right. Which was on a DOT plan to have been done about five or six years ago, but was postponed. You guys now own that stretch of King Street, the city. I say you guys, the city, we now own that. So what's the timeline on when that would start and finish?
2: Uh, um, well, by the agreement, it has to be done by 2033. Okay. So we're trying to stack. We're looking at all the construction projects coming out line mm-hmm. and when, when we'll slot it in, but we're in no rush, uh, with King Street, uh, this upcoming year. We're going to hold public workshops going through the conceptual renderings and design of it. Uh, really we're going to bring it back to a bricked street around the plaza with pedestrian mm-hmm. lighting, um, on street dining, keep parking. We're not closing cathedral place. That's a rumor that for some reason I cannot, uh,
0: it was uh, in one of the plans, though. It was. we, we was in one of the plans. It. We yes. workshopped it. Okay. And we
2: heard resoundingly that All that right. was not an option. Uh, so closing cathedrals is not part of it. Yes, uh, It's not even a concept that you're going to see uh, in the new year. And I'm happy to come back on the show and go through those concepts.
0: I, I, I would love to, when you guys kind of get that vetted, we'd love to have you back on. Um, I want to give you guys kudos uh, for one other thing. Um, I, I, I sit on the planning and zoning board. There was a development that was going to go in at the south end of Florida Avenue, um, on, on, on West King Street or the West King area uh, between uh, the Intercoastal and Masters Drive. And it was a pretty controversial one for the neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the developer had the right zoning, um, kind of came up with a plan that was, was not the most extreme that he could have built. Um, I remember at our one of our planning and zoning meetings it was suggested early on, hey, why don't you talk to the city and see about making this into a park? And lo and behold, after all the zoning approvals were done, Snow park
2: yeah how did that happen uh the developer had a change of heart mm-hmm. and uh finally reached out to uh the city city yep. manager david bertram and mm-hmm. um was willing to, the big deal for us is when we're buying a, as a government we want to buy it at appraised mm-hmm. value um and so that was the sticking point and he had to change of heart and decided that he would uh sell it at appraised value and and that was the, made all the difference in the world I, I
0: thought of all the ideas that was the best one for that parcel because it kept it for a neighborhood that really, I mean, there's Joe, there's Joe Palmer at the South end of mm-hmm. Master's Drive. So they do have access to that, but to kind of have a passive park on that piece of property right along the waterfront. I mean, that I, I just thought that was a home run for a whole bunch of reasons. Yeah.
2: It's a pretty piece of property. Actually. I just got done walking through it uh, late last week mm-hmm. um, because we're going to develop a management plan for it. Um, you know, there's a lot of invasive species on the on the property. So we want to get the invasive species under control. You uh, found
0: Yankees there. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Everyone don't take that mm-hmm.
2: seriously. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll uh, have a nice management plan and then we'll yeah. see what recreational things we could incorporate mm-hmm. into it, whether a trail or, or not. So that that's yeah. upcoming too in the new year. So yeah, mm-hmm. we got a lot of stuff uh, cooking. Um, we will also be working on the the new drop-in center, the piece of property yes. we got a did a land swap for on off of South Dixie Highway and uh, two hundred seven two hundred seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we're working on getting that site secured and cleaned up right now. Um, and so in the new year, uh, we plan to get Dining with Dignity relocated out there, um, see how that goes, uh, and then start to work on a um, day drop-in center. Um, We just went to the home again's groundbreaking north of the city. Last Tuesday. 16. So, a lot of good things going
0: on. Yeah, there's a lot Tuesday. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of good things going on in that area. Uh, You had mentioned affordable housing, which we really didn't get a chance to touch on. But a lot of that's driven out of it where we we just, housing costs are so great right now. And if somebody falls on some hard times, it takes them a little while to gather enough money to be able to afford that. Uh, first and last month's rent. The background checks alone, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know about that, but every place that you go, you have to pay X amount of dollars for the background check. So if it's a $200 or a $300 or $400 background check cost and you have to apply at five places and you're homeless and you're trying to save money, it's your first and last month's rent just for the background checks to get accepted. And if you don't get accepted, they keep the background check, right? <laughs> right? So, I mean, there's a lot of things that, that, uh, that people are dealing with on that end of it. But I, I do think the city has, uh, has stepped up and done a, a, a really good job of trying to address some of those issues. So I, I and I know uh, you and David Burcham and uh, Melissa are going to do a great job of, of doing all that. And continuing continue that because you guys all, I, I, I've known all of you, you guys all have a big heart and you all want to do the right thing. And it's, it's, you guys are, it's fun to see people in that position, um, and I also think all of you are low ego, right? Yeah. You're you're all very low ego. You just want to do the right thing, and yeah. I and I think that's a that's a huge asset to have in somebody in your position.
2: And that was probably the most interesting thing uh, in the new position as mm-hmm. assistant city manager was I have the infrastructure background and the capital mm-hmm. improvements and mobility, but learning about all the good work. Uh, you know, when I got into affordable housing mm-hmm. and homelessness, like the first thing you have to do is learn what's going mm-hmm. on. Uh, And so that was really eye-opening and surprising of all the good work that is going on in the community uh, now. And uh, I'm excited to be part of it and and, uh, try to make things better. No,
0: I think you guys are definitely going to do that. We usually do five questions. We won't get to them in the eight (laughs) minutes, mainly for a couple of reasons. So um, I I talked about FSU at the beginning. Uh, Jags fan going to the game tonight.
2: Go Jags. Right. No, nah, nah, I won't be at tonight. tonight.
0: You tonight. You said two weeks.
2: Two weeks. I'm going to try to go to the Ravens,
0: Ravens game. All right. So how deep do you think the Jags can go in the playoffs? Because if they win tonight, they're the number one seed in the AFC.
2: I think they can go all the way.
0: Okay. All well, right. I they have to get hot like they did last year at the yeah. end. Uh, Peterson is a phenomenal coach. Um, I think he's done wonders with that team. I think tonight's the night, though. Yeah.
2: Tonight's going to show whether or not they're ready to step into, you know, they're on the national spotlight. I think Trevor Lawrence has to come out and just play lights out. Mm-hmm. And um, I think tonight is, you know, oh, you know, I get nervous because people are like, oh, you should be able to beat the Bengals. But we're the Jaguars and that doesn't happen easily.
0: <laughs> well, there was a time when we, uh, six years in, when you when you said, hey, we should win that game and we did yeah. And then we went through a long time where we didn't win games that we should have. And then we went through games where we never had a chance to win the games, yeah. right? And so it's, you're still getting, we're still getting over those emotional scars as Jaguar fans, right? Yeah. We're still getting there. Um, I, I, I do think Lawrence has to have a big night tonight. Um, I think it's going to be an electric stadium because it's the first time we've had a Monday night game in forever. Um, so I think that is absolutely going to be awesome. Um, and I, I was down on the Jags about three weeks ago when the 49ers just demolished them. Yeah, But then when I watched what the 49ers did to the Eagles yeah, yesterday, I'm like, <laughs> well,
2: that
0: was as bad as what they did to the Jags. Maybe we aren't that yeah. bad. Maybe it's just the 49ers are that good. Um, but they well, looked we've, really we've good.
2: We've lost the game. Kansas City Chiefs, the 49ers, and a better than expected Houston Texans, which we beat on our second uh, matchup with them. So.
0: Yeah, and and, and uh, CJ uh, that when he played us, he looked like a 15-year veteran who yeah, was trying to get another incredible. contract. He didn't miss a pass. It was unbelievable watching all of that stuff. So, you think they go all the way. I I get them in the playoffs deep. Um, I I got them potentially going to the AFC championship game if they stay healthy um, and all their pieces are in place. Um, I think one thing I I learned from watching Peterson last year is the Jags will play better at the end of the year than they do at the beginning of the year. And that's a sign of good coaching. Yeah.
2: I think tonight is the night. If we mm-hmm. win handedly tonight, and I've got all the confidence in the world, we can make a big push, go far into the playoffs, maybe mm-hmm. make it to the big game. Um, we'll see how they do tonight. Fingers crossed. When I leave here, I'm going to put my Trevor Lawrence jersey on. So, All
0: right. Uh, we had one kind of uh, question. Worst traffic day in the city of St. Augustine. For years, <laughs> it was the 4th of July. I mean, hands down, it was just the most amount of people coming into the city... <laughs> They all left at the same time. And it, it was just, that was your traffic nightmare that you had to work around as a resident. Now I th- I, I know what mine is. What do you think the, the worst traffic day is?
2: Oh, I think now it has to be that the weekend between Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Those, those days, especially if you're working, yes, uh, like we were talking about earlier, uh, don't leave for lunch because one, you probably won't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have a parking spot when you get back.
0: And, and Blake, when what is the worst traffic day for you you live downtown so what's the worst kind of time frame traffic wise is it the 4th of July is it that that hell week between christmas and new years
1: it's every day of the year <laughs> <laughs> mr positive
0: it's every day of the year <laughs> so for for me uh the the week between christmas and new years is kind of that doctor jekyll mr hyde you go to work in the morning and, you know, Grumman is off and all these school board people off. There's no kids going to school. So the morning drive, you could be in any lane you want. Yeah. You can be in both lanes at the same time. Nobody will honk at you. It's just this easy drive in. And then you go to go to lunch and it gets a little worse. You're like, where did all these people come from? And then you go to get home and you think, I'm never going to make it home. I should have just slept at the office tonight, right? <laughs> it's a, it's It's that bad getting around because it does completely lock up. And my biggest fear, I don't know what the plan is on U.S. One, is that all of a sudden the DOT workers are going to go, let's close Castilia, the left turn yeah. off of U.S. One going south on a Castilla. Let's close that the hell week. Let's yeah. make sure that we're doing our well. I mean, I don't know when well, they're scheduled. Well, you have
2: plans to widen to extend that left turn lane. Yeah. So hopefully they're not doing that in uh, I, December. If they do
0: that in December or January. We are all screwed. It is. It is going to be the worst. And I was driving with someone today as we hit that kind of area, and I was a passenger in the car. And they said, "Oh, this is this is heck. This is Hades." I said, "No, no, 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 no. This is purgatory. When they tear that bridge down, then that will be this. It will be much, much different at that point in time." So, um, anything else that we that we didn't touch on that you want to talk about?
2: No, it town's beautiful right now. Um, Just, you know, my family and I, we had a great time this downtown at the Christmas parade, the weekend and walking around. It's just a beautiful time of year. Um, I like to get down there during the week and Uh and experience the lights when it's not so crowded. But uh, I heard there's one building
0: that has a lighting problem. Blake, have you heard about this one building that has the wrong color lights on it?
1: Okay, come on. <laughs> my dad's on vacation, <laughs> you brought that up? Oh, hey, by the way, hey, hey, uh, what color kind of lights are, are you, uh, is is in you guys' Christmas tree in
2: the middle? <laughs> oh, I think
0: they're they're, like they're all off, man. They're all turned off. No, <laughs> no. Well,
1: I mean, I mean, the Christmas tree that that's in the middle of the plaza. What color is it? What colors are they?
0: Oh, um, yeah, they're red,
1: blue, yellow.
0: Yeah, lights. but I thought everything Doesn't was supposed to be. It? I thought it was supposed to be white. I thought the buildings on were buildings. supposed to be white. Sure. Do we have to pass a code for that now because people do their own thing? <laughs> There'll be chaos, Blake. Chaos everywhere. Dogs and cats living together. Van
1: Halen breaking up. Chaos everywhere. Y'all's yeah, a bunch of grinches though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just I heard about that today from a story. I said, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to push Blake's buttons on that. <laughs> Because I know you would. Uh, Ruben, come back and see us uh, when you guys get some stuff um, out on the bridge lines. And please come back and let's talk about the King Street Bridge maybe a month or two before that all gets in. Yeah, so we can kind of talk, you, talk through that. Word out yeah, because it really is going to dramatically change getting in and out of the city. And to me, it's going to go, it's going to harken back to the days of um, when there was just one left turn lane out of the city on US 1, As a kid, I'm I'm beginning to have emotional breakdown (laughs) over that. I'm going to have to go see my traffic therapist when this is over. All right, Ruben, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate coming. Blake, thanks for fixing all of our problems and putting up with me picking on you today.
1: You're welcome.
0: Are you back tomorrow?
1: No, uh, Clay is. I'll be back Wednesday and Thursday.
0: All right. I will see you Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, I've installed the uh, no cheating camera in the studio. Good luck finding it between now and Thursday.
1: (laughs) Sure. Thank you. All right. This is the Mike
0: Davis show. Ruben was here with us. Great show. We'll be back tomorrow. Tune in to uh, the morning show with all the guys minus Troy. So that should be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll see you guys later.